We're looking for volunteers for robot blowjobs. Yeah. January 29, 2022. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 79. And revving up, revving up my hush puppies. This is Abel Kirby. And parallel porting all the things. I'm Cold Acid. Right on your Centronics. Centronics 50 pin connector. <laughs> oh, that's kind of fun to listen you to. You know it. Yeah. I like to get the little geek Too stuff Too bad you out. talked over half of it. Wow, we're doing sound check, man. And the reason we're doing sound check is because this is a special episode of Rare Encounter. An out of cycle, rare rarer than the normal rare rare encounter the rarest of encounters yes uh usually we record on wednesdays but we got the opportunity from uh mr ryan bemrose the program director of the no agenda stream he says hey why don't you come and do a show uh one sunday in january so uh here we are and we're gonna do our regular rare encounter show uh only it's gonna be in a different time uh just for today just for you guys to enjoy and uh to get started we usually start with some drinks and you know what i got i got some hot cocoa what you got Hot cocoa, man. What? Ooh. Mm. Me, I didn't. I, I brought down a cider again. Today yeah. is the Queen Street 501 out of Brickwork Cider House again, which has been one of my uh, favorites. Ah. That palmy is from last week, though. That, that went, or not last week, but from Wednesday. That went down yeah. so easy. I've got a b- backup here I just wanted to open, too. <sighs> Um, I'm not going to drink much on this because it's, you know, the middle of the day instead of the night, but, uh, I did get some apple brandy, which I thought would go well with the weekend. It's okay to day drink on the weekend. So there we go. Between this and the hush puppies, I'm keeping warm and, uh, man, it's been so cold up here. We got the, the wind is perfectly aligned with the, with the apartment complex here. So the hallway, if you open my front door, I'm on the third floor, it is a straight shot down the hallway, out into the middle of a field. Like, there's a gap in the windbreak, and it goes right by my door. So, I don't know, it must be a 50-mile-per-hour wind, it feels like, some days, and it is cold. So. Does it ever howl at you? Yeah, it howls sometimes. Sometimes it howls, sometimes it's just the neighbors, you know. But uh, Speaking of howling, if you want to howl at us, we have our website, rareencounter.net. You can hop on there and go to, uh, we'll be in the No Agenda stream chat, but we're also in uh, the Rare Encounter chat room, uh, like we usually are, and on there we have uh, links to the stuff on our show, past episodes, stuff like that. You can go check us out and uh, send us emails, and we're also a value for value show, so you can send us some value back if you enjoy this, and I think we have some uh, some donations this week. Do we, Cold? We have just a boost donation, mm. actually. For tonight's show, we had we had donations for Wednesday's show, but being out of uh, being out of sync with our usual schedule, I wasn't really expecting much for for today's. Don't worry, donations. no one's expecting much and for anything. It'll, and it'll cut, yeah, and it'll cut into next. It'll cut into next week's show too because we're splitting it like this. But we did get a one thousand three hundred thirty three sat boost from servo and he is our executive producer for today good job there we and go. he wrote in teast boost from curio castier ite ite servo yeah <laughs> and thank you for using a new podcast app instead yeah. of one of those old ones that don't let you boost the stinky old ones they smell bad they smell like your uncle's shoes don't use those New podcast apps. Man, if you if you've smelt my <laughs> shoes, you'd rather smell your old uncle's shoes. Oh Lord. Um, we also had uh, some mail. You want to do mail at the beginning? 
yeah, let's take care of the mail now so that way it's out of the way and you'll stop complaining about me wanting to do the mail. Yeah, okay. So our first letter comes to us from none other than Carolyn Blaney of the Hog Story Blaney's. She wrote in, Hey, Abel Kirby and Cold Acid. First time caller, one time guest, and long time listener. Yeah. Love the show. Keep it up the great work from northwest of Cold Acid with love, Carolyn. Oh, Carblanes, thank you. We I, love you too, Carblanes. I think she gets the the credit of sending us the first email. We've been hucking this e- we've been trying to sell this email address on the show for a while. She's the first yeah, one ever. She, she popped our email cherry. <laughs> And uh, we got a second one from Sir Spencer that just came in. It was yes, a- he's a he's a conscientious objector because of your complaints. Yes. And Sir Spencer writes in, Lads of the Rare Encounter, I was going to compose an email to show at rareencounter.net, but out of my deep and unwavering respect for Abel Kirby and his wishes, <laughs> I will refrain. With love, Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. Oh, uh, thanks, Sir Spencer. Uh, we love you too, Sir Spencer. Yeah, and we- oh! We uh, we didn't notice that you sent this via an email, and uh, so uh, yes, kind of, but he was being a conscientious objector about it, so we're letting it. That's all you have to do is say you're a conscientious conscientious objector, and that's all it takes, man. Finally, we got one other email, including a clip from uh, from Dame Delorean. Oh yeah, who sent us along? Who sent us along something that? By rights, we should have been using for some time. She writes in, Didn't know if you guys had this on your soundboard, so I grabbed it for you in English and Japanese. Heart, hope you can use it. Love you both. Now I'm going to make like a potato and get baked. DeLorean. (laughs) And so I'm not going to use the Japanese clip because, I mean, I I tend to avoid those since, since everybody who listens to the show knows English, but not everybody knows Japanese. So here's the English clip that she sent in, and if you are if you were well versed in your animes, you should know the meme. I'll take a potato chip and eat it. <laughs> and with us being the premier potato news podcast, of course we need our potato clips. Yes, yeah, so and our potato chips. That was such a great era when that was popular it was the most dramatic eating of a single potato chip ever made <laughs> and with the, it was the orchestra swell in the background as he gets a single piece of lace <laughs> <laughs> death note man death note was something else <sighs> did you ever read the manga no well i don't know actually it kind of all blends together i watched the first arc of the show and i read a little i probably read a couple pages or a chapter or two but it was so long ago man I read through the whole thing, and it was gloriously dumb. It is. Oh, man. You know, I, I did a little retrospective on anime. I was looking back at... Remember Sora Noato? The Sound of the Skies? Yeah. Yeah, no, maybe. Yeah, it's 12 yeah, years... Yeah, of course I do. That was... It was the Amazing Grace anime. Yeah, it was. Um, that was 12 years ago. Can you believe that one? It ran Damn. January 2010. Yeah, oh, it, it, it was before... Yeah, that's right. It, it came out before KS was released. Kind of a shoujo. Yep. Uh, sorry, I did sneeze for a second there. And I mute my seasons, oh, unlike someone else. Yeah, it's been a little wild up here. Well, your sneezes aren't as cute as Carolyn's, so it's a good for you to mute it. Well, we've got a couple of follow-ups. I got some follow-up stuff from Wednesday. Now, we did a bit on the Vandals, uh, who were defacing our potato statue... 
uh, like I say, like it's our potato statue. The potato statue we all know and love uh, in Cyprus. But I, I went out and I found out those vandals are at it again. They're, uh, they're defacing all kinds of things. And so I wanted to give you an update. More, on pe more penis statues? Well, yeah. Well, the first one was a potato statue that looked like a penis. But this is a penis statue that looks like a potato. So it's completely different, okay? Uh, by the way, if you haven't figured it out, this show isn't exactly a kid's show. <laughs> No, uh, no, not in the slightest. Rare encounter. Uh, we uh, we kind of go off the cuff and do all kinds of weird stuff. But no, this is those those vandals, man. The vandals went to the newly erected statue of a grinning man with an enormous phallus in Peru, which is a, a fertility an statue. An erected statue of an erected man. <laughs> and they uh, they uh, went up and apparently attacked it. They smashed a hole in the statue, but they didn't say where the hole was. Uh, I didn't see a picture of the hole. I, I've got ideas where it could have been. We've got we've got to guess where the hole on the statue was. And then apparently the vandals fired shots in the air as they fled. These are armed vandals f attacking your statues, man. Well, maybe maybe they didn't like the fact that it got them so horny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I went through the other news. I was looking at these vandals have been everywhere. And of course, I got to mute that. I, I thought it would be fun for a second to leave that open and... Uh, Get live boosts on the air, but it's a little annoying now. The, uh, maybe if we got a better sound for it, that'd be good. The, um... Like what? Oh, did you not hear that? You couldn't hear it. Uh, that went out to the stream. Though. No, I was hearing it on my side, because I've got, uh, I've got it open as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I muted it. The, uh, the bottom line is, the Andalusian tribes that we've been tracking have been all over the place. They were in Florida, where they, vandals, they set fire to a children's playground at Omron Beach Park. And that was just last month. We had vandals, the, I presume, are the same Andalusians, are uh, damaging ancient petroglyphs in Texas. This is their, these people are out of control. First they, wow. sa they sacked Rome, and now they're on doing all this other stuff. Well, in the, case of, in the case of Florida, how do we know it's, how do we know that it's the vandals? It could just be Florida man. Well, it says vandals in the article. Men. It says vandals in the article. We got Texas police apprehend okay. vandals after mailbox smashing spree. That was another one. Vandals burns the southernmost Christmas tree in Key West. These vandals are out of control. Someone's got to do something. That's all I have to say. They do. Oh, God. They have to stop vandalizing thing and be one of the other Andalusian tribes instead. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, what else do we got? Cole, what do we got today? We got a bunch of stuff lined up. I got some CS stuff later. Um... I've got some stuff oh, about I've licensing. Got, uh, I've got driving fish. Oh, let's talk about driving fish. Yeah. So apparently, apparently uh, scientists in Israel have determined that goldfish can drive on land, no less. Hmm. Interesting. So this, this is one that I'm definitely expecting to uh, to get one of those, what are they, the Ig Nobel Awards at the end of the year. But there was a study. There was a study that was done by scientists at Israel's Ben Gurion University, where they put a fish in a water tank and hooked hooked up a, a computer and a camera and a bunch of other sensors, including lidar, and used it to get the get the fish to actually drive around the university campus. So, in in other words. What you have is a fish tank on wheels controlled by a goldfish. Huh. And they're testing to see 
uh, goldfish navigation behavior. Oh, you mean like, will they do a right on red or do they do a rolling stop? That kind of behavior? Yeah, things like that, you know? How, how good are they How good are they at driving? Santa got run over by a goldfish? So yeah, a fish-operated vehicle. And they taught six goldfish how to drive with it. Jeez. Well, that's pretty, so it looks pretty like cool. It, it turns out, it turns out that goldfish navigation does translate to land, not just water. <clears throat> Jeez. Well, I've been thinking... They, they call it the fishmobile. <laughs> fishmobile. Is there a photo of this we can look at? I'd like to see what the fishmobile looks like. Yes, yes, there is. Is uh... And it's even it's even marking out different parts of it. Oh, uh, I see the the link you posted in the uh, the Grand Counter. Did you pop that no agenda, too, so people can see it? Yes, yeah, I, I did. There. Goldfish are capable of driving cars on land. New study finds... Here we go. What happens when you teach yeah, gold? Maybe maybe this will be the solution to all these to all these like terrible AI driving systems. If we can have if we can have fish driving the cars instead, <laughs> and right? we, instead of instead of AI, perhaps it will actually be safer. And then we'll have the hamsters. Real intelligence at work there instead of computers. We'll have the hamsters on the hamster wheels. They're they're uh, making the power. This is going to yep. be great. This is going to be like Blue Submarine number six. <laughs> I never watched that. I should. Uh, that's a good one. That's the uh, global... I don't know. It's got this weird thing where the, the guy causes a disaster by hybridizing humans and animals and at the same time causes global warming. And uh, the last remains of humanity, kind of like, you know, in, Ma in the Matrix, the later movies, they're all yeah. in a bunker in the center of the earth. Well, this one, they're, uh, they're in an underwater city. Uh, and fighting with submarines against the, uh, the basically the street sharks. The street sharks and the uh, the nasty mermaid uh, girls who fight with Mecca. That's a crazy show. It's a lot of fun. In a blue submarine, not a yellow one. It's a blue submarine. Blue submarine number six. Uh, that was one they, that was kind of weird. They aired it uncut on Cartoon Network way back before, car, you know, Adult Swim was around. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's not for kids in that show. Let me tell you, it's an OVA series. Uh, there's some weird psychosexual stuff going on in Blue Submarine Number Six. Well, that, fish girls. That's par for the course for like '90s and early 2000s anime, isn't it? Mm, I, maybe even earlier than that, because um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about getting a fish tank or something like that, and so I was watching the Snorks just to get an idea of what that would be like, you know. Uh, it, I I don't know about the Snorks. You need to tell me about the Snorks. You don't know about the Snorks. You need to tell me why there's Snork porn in your notes today. <laughs> Oh, I just put that in so I could uh, make a point. Um, the the Snorks were the like the cousins of the Smurfs. They were. What it do was, you mean cousins of the Smurfs? Well, they were like made by the same guy. It was a franchise thing. Ah. So they were the underwater version of the Smurfs, and they had um, you know it's a cartoon Hanna Barbera cartoon in the seventies, and they're basically Smurfs that live underwater, and uh, they're all. They eat plankton and uh, kelp and stuff, and uh, then do, almost like the Flintstones, they do kind of normal stuff, but everything's underwater, like we go out on a on a bus that's actually a seahorse or whatever, you know? It's very, um, uh, kind of like Finding Nemo before Finding Nemo in that kind of way. But yeah, they just come along with the snorks, swim along with the snorks, that was the theme song. You still don't, you still haven't explained why you stuck porn in the notes. Oh, it's not porn! That's Casey Dude, Kelp, by the way. Dude, she's got her snort oh. tits out and everything. <laughs> That's because um, I wanted to remember that snorks didn't uh, uh, snorks didn't wear clothes. 
Oh. By the way, it, this was an obscure but fact. She is, but she is wearing clothes, and she's flashing her breasts. Well, it's just a temporary so, so like, what's snorkomania. Going on here, man? It's just a case of snorkomania. She's, uh, she'll, she'll snap out of it. Um, but they, God damn internet perverts. Here's the, here's the bottom line. Here's what I found out when I was researching storks. Is snorks didn't wear clothes until the Spanish Armada taught them to in like the 1500s. And I didn't know snork lore went that far back, but apparently it does. Well, that's some pretty deep lore. And so if you search for naked snork, you get that picture. <laughs> and so I put it in, uh, I put it in the, uh, uh, it's my show notes. So just so cold ass you can see it. It's for his eyes only, you know, it's, uh. Yeah, but now because we've talked about it so much, the picture at least is going to have to go into the published show notes <laughs> you can where put, people will be mad. You can, put, uh, you can blur it out if you want. I think it's fine. No, I'm not going to blur it out. Who's mad about snorks? <laughs> I'm mad! Mad about snorks! Yeah, look at that snork. I mean, I love a good snorkel, you know what I mean? <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. They do have snorkels on their head, too, yeah. That's why they're called snorks. And they yeah, they snort that makes sense. they snort through their snorkels to like talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more that makes a lot more sense than uh, than um, just being called snorks for no reason at all. Yeah, I, I will accept this. They got a good snorkel. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we've got all the imagery in this show. We start with the penis statue, now we're on the snorkels, the head snorkels. Oh man! So we got. Um, so you got more. You got more follow up on the scans. Oh, yeah, I just had one more follow-up thought on the scans. Um, we've had a reoccurring topic on the show of trying to find out who's behind the scans. The scans are thescanofthemonth.com, and it's a website that has uh, CT scan teardowns of really nostalgic consumer electronics. So except for the ear pods, I think most of the stuff they did was like, oh, we're going to look at um, old I Game Boys. I wouldn't call Lego minifigures uh, consumer electronics either. Well, it's it's a it's a certain audience they're going for. It's not looking at, you know, yeah, the inside Nerds of just like anything. Us. It it is targeted to like the wired magazine market is the kind of stuff they're So yeah, it's got Legos and it's got um Game Boys and here's all the old Game Boy details, you know, and, and Apple products and stuff like that. Uh, not general electronics. It's it's that kind of crap. Anyway, they publish it anonymously. I, if you listen to Rare Encounter, you've heard this over and over. I've explained it in depth. Um, and certain tech news sites just pick it up. They don't care who publishes it, I guess, because they don't ever report on it or try to report on it. And the people who run this have gone out of the way to maintain anonymity. Um, so they have a, a uh, mailbox, like a private mail forwarding service. So you, you can't get their address of the company. You can't find out who's behind it, who's doing the rendering, who's doing the just anything about it and it's obviously a very high budget project they have specialized equipment that individuals don't own you basically universities might own them but it's probably private corporations own them um and they're doing work without claiming credit for it which is weird and the only other thing i could come up with was the mit media lab or some organization like that would love to do this kind of thing but um i i did a bunch of searches on MIT Media Lab before, uh, it was just a thought, I, I put it in my notes. I was looking at it uh, this morning, and I couldn't find any reference uh, at MIT linking to Scan of the Month. And I, I think that it makes me want to disqualify them, because there's no way MIT Media Lab would be part of this and not be jizzing all over themselves and, and like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, pointing to it. 
It, oh, it seems if unlikely. It, if it was MIT Media Lab, they would actually have a link back to the Media Lab on scanofthemonth.com. Yeah, there's no there's way. No, there's no way that they wouldn't be, like, promoting the hell out of it. So that's the, that's the thing. The other part is, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I was wondering maybe at CES there'd be an announcement. Um, they do have a mailing list, and in the mailing list, which I'm on... Uh, they mentioned that they're going to have archives available at some point, and I pre- presume when that revision of the website comes out, there'll be more information, or maybe someone will take credit and say, hey, it was me all along! It was me, Austin! You know, like the the unveiling of... Uh, it's me, Austin! It was my family believed it! You get some wrestling bullshit in there. God, I need some of those clips. I keep going back every so often and watching that video and it's such a great one. Honestly, I need I need to rip out some clips from it because there are so many situations where I was, could use them. It was uh it was the Undertaker, right? And, and he pulls off his mask and it was Vince McMahon the whole time. It's the CEO of the whole WWE wrestling people. Yeah, the yeah. the higher power. Yeah, there we go. This is this is about all I know about pro wrestling. <laughs> You know, I think I saw Vince McMahon in person. Uh, I went to an XFL game a couple years ago. Uh, the first one in D.C., actually. It was the first D.C. Defenders game. And uh, I I saw a bunch of people standing out on the field. And one of them, it's so hard to tell from a distance, but one of them kind of looked like it was Vince McMahon. Uh, and it would be the thing, you know, because at the time he owned the XFL. So, uh, I don't know. From a distance, from a distance, him and Shane look very alike. Well, you know, it wasn't like he was across the field. It was just like, you know, I'm up in the stands and there's someone down kind of basically on the grass, on the turf out there. And so it's not that far away, but you're kind of squinting and saying, no, is it? it could, could it be? Or is it just a guy who looks like it? And it's hard to tell. So uh, I choose to believe it was Vince McMahon. Well, you were probably right. So it could have been. Good on you. It was like the first XFL game. It was probably him. Yeah. Very oh, likely. Man. So what do you got for, you got any stories? Get some stuff to bring in. No, but kind of, uh, uh, some anime talk. Have you gotten started on any of the shows this season? <laughs> I haven't started on the shows from last season. I haven't picked up anything. Oh. I, I got I got stuff to do, man. I gotta get through Spice and Wolf, which I'm now uh, deficient on, and I gotta get through. Uh, well, season two I meant to watch in the fall, and I still haven't got to it. I had the DVD uh, Blu-ray case out, and I just haven't watched it yet. And pick uh, it up, my man. Yeah, and I gotta finish up '86. Uh, yeah, no more, no more sleeping until you're caught up on all your anime. God, that's dangerous. <laughs> all right, what do you got? What are you working on? Okay, so I watched the first episode of a couple of shows. Okay. Uh, Bisque Doll, of course, which I believe I mentioned before. And this is, this is a show about a guy who makes dolls and a gal who wants to cosplay as an Rogue character. Huh. But yeah. all, all that comes to I, mind I is Rose talk, and Maiden. I was talking a little bit about it on uh, Fetty with uh, Cool Boy Mew. I think it was ta- I think it was with him that I was Plausible. talking about it, and and just saying like it's it's wholesome it's wholesome uh, lewd. <clears throat> Hold on, I've, I've got to find the actual I got to find the actual quote because it was it was pretty it was pretty funny. Apparently, also. <laughs> Uh, this came up because I was using the barbecue last night. There is actually a manga about grilling. About grilling? Ah! Yeah, there's there's a grilling manga. Let's got those anime grills, man. 
<laughs> we trade those big saucer eyes for big serving plates, man. Get that sack of... Look at the ribs on that one. Ooh. Ooh, tasty. <laughs> oh, man. It's all Kobe. It's all Kobe beef. Yeah. It's a Kobe brisket. Yes, it's... Yeah, so, so Biscadol is wholesome etchy is, is the way to describe it. Etchy with holes. Oh, that's different. Never mind. Yeah, uh, that that's something totally different. That That's going into actual hentai. The uh, other one that I watched is... I just watched the first episode. I might continue. I might drop it after episode three. And that's Akabi-chan no Sailor Fuku, or or Akabi-chan sa Sailor Uniform of Akabi-chan. And this is about a girl who who wanted to wear a sailor uniform in middle school so much that she applied to a particular school that her mother went to because she believed that they were still wearing them instead of lasers. And <laughs> yeah. now she's the only girl in the school who's actually wearing like a sailor uniform instead of instead of all the other students there. Oh, I, I started reading the manga. I got I got several chapters in. It yeah. was it was okay before I got before I got like more focused on the many other manga that I read. I've, and I've, I I don't say I dropped it, but it's it's quite a bit of scrolling to find uh, to find where it is in my reader app at this point. It's now I've read some of the manga on this one too, and it's very beautiful to read. Uh, it I is. Can't, I can't and tell you what it's happens. Incredibly in it. cute, but it's, uh, I'm not sure what goes it's, on. It's a boring slice of life. Is the problem with it? I, yeah, it's like it's one where the art is excellent, and then you try and follow the story, and it's like I don't know. In fact, in fact, the art is like you can tell at times that it's the that's the three D animation that's become all the rage in the industry oh, yeah. over the last uh, several years, but most of the time you wouldn't be able to tell. It looks like it's the old hand-drawn cell animation most of the time. They have gotten really good with the cell shading and the uh, reference uh, CG, where the, what they'll do is they'll have a scene, you know, plotted out so that the, you know, the 3D engine will take care of, um, like, the vanishing points and all the, some of the details and exactly what the curvature of different things will be. But they don't draw, the, you know, they don't just cell shade it and they don't trace over it. They just use it as a reference. Uh, so there's a bunch of different things that are between completely hand-drawn and completely, like, rotoscoped crap. Um, two and a half D animation. <laughs> yeah, two and a half D. <laughs> Live animation! You know, when uh, I heard on No Agenda earlier, they were talking, what was the reference about? It was about uh, live animation. And all I could think about was virtual yeah. YouTubers. Come on, John! Get on virtual YouTubers! No, you know what, you know what I think, you know what I think that is? It's that the it's that the telescope was feeding data to NASA about the unfolding and everything, and that was being used to animate a model, like a like a CG model of the telescope live. So as it was deploying, right, as the the bat wing or whatever they called it deployed, yep, the like the information about that was being sent back. And it was essentially like animating a model in a video game, right? Or, you know, reference during a test. I, I don't have a problem yeah. with visualizations for things, like physical things that you can't see. 
Um, like yeah, if you're... neither do I. I, th- I think it was, I think it was a bit of a low blow, honestly, by, We're... by Adam and John about that. One of the, the thing I take issue with is the, um, well, the fact that obviously it's a animation, which is supposed to help you visualize the state of the satellite. What's open, what's closed. You should be able to look at a glance. The alternative would be, I have to look at a list and say, oh, is this servo on? Is this servo on? What What's the position the, of, of all these different things and try and compute it, you know, or figure it out in my head. So visualizations are great, especially for real-time crap. But when they take it and they say, they present it as if it was a, you know, a camera flying by uh, next to this the satellite and say, oh, look, here it is. Look how beautiful it is. No, what you really have is telemetry data that's being processed and presented in a way so that it'll help the analysts. Well, that's what you are supposed to do and they go the extra step of saying oh well we also want to make something that's media ready that's ready to to broadcast that we can get basically the talking heads and the the uh the the uh the pr folks to react to because otherwise they have nothing to react to and, and the show's boring so yeah because uh, because otherwise like again like you said you'd be looking at lists of numbers right and people in the control room just looking at the numbers figuring out what they mean and sending other numbers back to the telescope. Yeah. Whereas this, you actually get to, you actually get to see what's going on essentially, even though you're not physically looking at it. Mm -hmm. And each controller who's got to do things too, I mean, probably is able to spin around the model to focus on different parts that they're supposed to be dealing with at that time for viewing. Right. Oh yeah. The, like it would, it would make it a lot. It, the idea is, it does make it a lot easier to to process the information coming in in our own brains. Because I mean, humans we are exceptionally visual creatures, mm-hmm. and so visualizations are actually really important. This is the other thing with like dashboards and the like in applications or in uh, war rooms, so to speak, right? Because because we're able to understand that a lot faster than like go- reading through lists and everything. Or command line interfaces. I just, I don't know. I'm not going to, tra- I'll, I'll drop it. I'm not going to go after anyone for that. But I, I could go after certain people, uh, but yeah, I won't. Apparently Sir Bemrose prefers <laughs> the, uh, the old printouts of numbers. Telemetry, uh, telemetry distri- distribution and recording and rendering has uh, gone a long way since the old NASA control room days. A lot of cool stuff, uh, even software packages, some open source software packages NASA uses to get the telemetry data and get it out to the people, to the different, you know, uh, the different oh, hell, they, analysts they who they need it. They you contribute know? and manage several open source packages. Oh, yeah. Anyway, going back to the whole, going back to the whole animation thing. Right, it's it's really amazing. Some of the some of the uh, animation in Akabi Chan actually reminded me of watching Hyoka. Hyoka. It had it had that sort of uh, mid Kyoani look and feel to it, which what, was really nice. What was Hyoka again? Can you remind me? Was that the one with the all I get the is really the... curious girl who who like was interested in everything and the guy who just wanted to like relax and spend as little yeah. energy as possible i i was confusing with hyako for a second it's t- totally different you know how come all the anime have the same kind of name they all sound the same hyoka hyako i don't know they mm. they like confusing us round eyes i guess that's 
Oh, man. So I've got other shows that I'm going to be watching as well, but, I mean, those are the ones that I've watched so far from this season. I've got... And, I mean, as time goes on, I'll, I'll talk about some of the others on future episodes. Hmm. Goldfish, Driving Cars... So, you know, maybe if they had a goldfish that was on the telescope that was controlling it, that would be impressive. That would be impressive. But <laughs> but how would uh, how would the goldfish breathe in space? What well, doesn't need to be? It's not it breathes in the water, man. That's, That's just true. in the water. But you know, Duh. the water <laughs> space is cold. The water will freeze and the goldfish will be frozen inside. Oh yeah. And then it won't be able to navigate anymore. That's a conundrum. It is. Well, I was surprised when I saw the picture of the goldfish. It looks like it's just in a tank. I expected to see little wires coming out of its head. But it looks like it just swims into a corner. <laughs> the camera looks oh, at it. Oh, yeah. so going back to the vandalized statue you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. I see where the hole is. It's on the head. The other head. Oh. Yeah. Is this where they fired the gun? The vandals with the firearms? Yes, it is. Firing shots in the air as they fled. Why were they fleeing? Because they were afraid the uh, the penis police would stop them. <laughs> the wrath of the grinning man. <laughs> Maybe this <laughs> the statue is going to come to life like in Gantz and, <laughs> and beat him. Oh, Lord. Oh, we had some throwaway stuff. I had a uh, picture I put in from uh, Sir AJ on No Agenda Social put this out uh and i just copied in my notes because i thought it was funny yes, this incredibly disgusting looking stuff yeah you want to fudge you want to tell me what you see i see something that uh has no right to exist it says kids will want dinner to last all day well i guess if you when you when you spoon on the crafts potato fudge usually you start eating dinner at the end of the day so if it's gonna last all day i mean it's not gonna last very long huh oh well this is a craft product and it looks like it's from the 50s just the way the marketing is is because like the yes that Mrs. is Cleaver, definitely a 50s advertisement you know the kids staring at the plate and the girls trying to grab the potato fudge but as far as i can tell it's just fudge well how does potato come into it then they put it on the potato because look, in the bottom corner, it just says fudge nuggets. So they took fudge nuggets in a saucepan and heat the potato fudge over low heat, boil and dice potatoes and pour the melted fudge on top. So the potatoes are you, you add it to the potatoes. It's just fudge. It's a jar of fudge. But they put the word potato in it. I don't see how that would go well. I don't think that fudge and potatoes are complementary tastes. Uh... It's, it's, not like, it's not like chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for and me yeah, to... fudge nuggets, that... that <laughs> it does say fudge does nuggets. It does not sound right at all. <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder if it's a it's a fake uh, ad or something like that. It does. The word fudge nuggets does not sound uh, appetizing at all. Oh, man. Kids love the taste, and they'll love the healthy vitamins and minerals they get from the natural goodness of the nature of nature's potato. The potato. Kids love eating fudge nuggets. <laughs> I like it's... Do you want... Hey, cold acid... Do you, do you know what yeah. nature's potato is? It's, Potatoes? It's the potato. <laughs> Just in case you wanted to know. Oh, ah, here we go. That ad for crack potato fudge is fake. From Retroist. Oh, yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, searching for potato fudge, and I've got pages of recipes as well. <laughs> potato fudge? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I, I'm... I'm 
quite disturbed by this. My friend's grandmother made this, and I was so intrigued that I begged her for the recipe, says Catherine. She, oh, she has no ratings on her potato fudge recipe. I'm gonna rate. Oh, no, it wants me to log in. So sorry, Catherine, I can't rate you. Too bad. Better luck next time. Too bad. So sad. Maybe go to a uh, website where you don't need to log in to do anything. Hmm? How about that? Still, yeah, I mean, this is... This is... Mashed potato fudge is the best use of leftovers ever. No. No, it is not. That's terrible. That is a terrible idea. Don't do it. I think American chop suey is a pretty good one, uh, where you just mix everything. <laughs> you put whatever it's in, whatever you want in there. Uh, Chinese restaurants have been doing that. I mean, school lunches have been doing that for a long time, you know, where you have... Um, you know, St. Patrick's Day comes around, and they say, oh, yeah, we got corned beef and cabbage, and then that's fine for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, but then I for the rest of the week, it's... Never, yeah, I was fortunate enough to never actually need to buy a lunch when I was in school. I did occasionally when they had, like, good pizza or they had, like, some, like, nice-looking nuggies mm. when I was in high school. But usually... If I was going to buy my lunch, I was going to walk down to near, near like shop area. And there was a, there was a decent, there was a decent potato, not potato, a decent pizza place with a bunch of arcade machines. Oh yeah. And I'd hang out there until lunch break was over. With a pocket full of quarters? You know it. <laughs> I asked my mom. I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how many like tens of dollars i blew on on puzzle bobble there <laughs> puzzle bobble but i loved it my, yeah. mo my mom also no also known in north america as bust a move bust a move bust a move you've seen that game haven't you yeah probably it's addictive I don't, I don't play all those games man i play some pinball sometimes oh that reminds me did you know that there's now a rush pinball table no yeah and it was released on January 1st. Hmm. Rush pinball table. I don't know. Let me see this thing. Yeah. Getty Lee. Oh, geez. Wow. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It looks like a normal pinball table. It's got the flying brains in space. It's got, uh, if I'm looking at the right table, I think it is. It's, appar it's apparently, it's apparently got more, more music in it than any other band-related pinball table made to date. Oh, cool. So, like, they even beat the KISS pinball table in terms of how much music by the band is in there. Hmm. Well, that's nice to see people making pinball machines. You know, uh, I've ran into some people who worked on them before. They did the electronics and the refurbishment, and, and you know, there's people who have a passion for that. It's, uh, it's kind of sad that... The electromechanical game has really gone away. There's no good place for it in society anymore. Not when you have a phone. Why you mean you can play pinball on your phone? Why do you need a real pinball, a real ball on a real ball board with real pins? You know. It's, uh... Yeah, I actually like playing real pinball tables more than computer pinball. But at the same time, these days, uh, computer pinball games are a lot more accessible because. Arcades are pretty much all gone in North America, and as we've mentioned before, they're even dying out in Japan now. Yeah. It's a very sad day to be an arcade fan. Yeah. Well, you know, the consumer electronics are changing. Uh, and, uh, that's entertainment, I guess. It's not really consumer. But the uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about today was the CES show. 
and I tease this on the Oh, yes, episode. the Coomer Entertainment Coomer Show. Coomer Electronics Show. Yeah, Coomer uh, Electronics Show. Uh, shout out to Ryan Bemrose of the Angry Tech News, also the program director for, for No Agenda Stream, uh, who was talking about this on um, his show Angry Tech News uh, just the other day. And it was something that we were talking about in the back channel of maybe doing something, and he did a spot on it. And when uh, when you hear Ryan Bemrose talking about it, it, he did a really good job of just shitting on everything. <laughs> It's a it's well, a great podcast. You gotta go listen to it. That's what Ryan. That's what Ryan. That's what Ryan does best. So yeah, it's uh. So I was uh. I was convinced at that point we have to do at least something. So we're gonna cover a couple products that are a little different than what he uh, he talked about. Um, Ooh, time for teledildonics. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. The the first thing I noticed is I went to their website and I was reading their policies and you know as a con goer myself I want to know what's really going on what's it like down there and they have a split session it's half online and half in person which sounds kind of dumb but they also have a desktop app they don't have like a website you log into they have a desktop app and uh, if you want to attend the show virtually that's what you do and their app apparently runs on Java which I thought was funny. I mean, it just seemed kind of weird, you know. They have a particular note right at the top of their website. I guess this happens a lot. It says, if you encounter a Java error while using the app, please contact customer support by emailing us at whatever. And uh, they have a phone number and all this crap. So it's like, I don't know. This sounds dopey. Like, I'm not going to install an app to uh, to go to your show virtually. It's just kind of dumb. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Yahoo News had the list of firms canceling, and, of course, everyone knows the run-up for CES is no one's going. Apple obviously doesn't do anything there. Uh, they don't They don't attend the show AMD, directly. AMD withdrew, but they made a bunch of CES announcements uh, before the show, uh, mainly about their new CPU, APU, and GPU products that they expect to roll out this year. Yeah, they have... Um, I think it was a list of 42 exhibitors who pulled out. Uh, Google, Microsoft, Intel, and others. Hold on, hold on. How it. many? 42. 42? Uh, as of uh, the end of December. So, yeah, it's probably more than that by now. But of the ones that showed, I mean, we got some some stuff. I mean, we got the dog fitness tracker, which is the uh, what they think is the first uh, dog fitness device, pet fitness uh it's like a Fitbit you put on your dog. Includes you could... a miniature radar, radar sensor and doubles as a GPS tracker. Yeah, very interesting. Now, I know there have been GPS trackers for pets before, mm-hmm. but why Why would it need radar? Yeah, and what what does it mean to include a miniature radar sensor? Does it mean that the caller does radio direction and ranging, or is it doing something uh with that information like what's what's going on and anyway what would it be ranging the ground under the dog it's just a radar maybe it's just a radar reflector like you're supposed to have on top of your boat when you go like boating on Mm -hmm. like a non-ship in the great lakes so that so that like the uh coast guard stations can detect you more easily i don't know it's a sensor in there it's not a reflector like no, they, that's true. It does say sensor. They, they'll make you put like a tetrahedron or something up there. Um, so yeah, I've th- seen pictures of them. Because it, they... It's in, the, it's in the book for 
for like the boating guidelines here in Ontario. Yeah. The tetrahedron's an interesting shape because the backscatter for it's kind of high no matter what angle you look at it from. So if you're in the front field of view of it, you always get a backscatter. Like flat plates do that don't do that. Spheres will do it, but the scatter's really small compared to a tetrahedron. So it's, eh, yeah, okay. That's why they do it, by the way. Mm-hmm. For geometric reasons. Find out with your uh, your physical optics uh, analysis package. Put some shapes in and see what the backscatter is. Ooh, it's kind of fun. Um, anyway, so we had the dog. I don't know, maybe it's measuring the radar return from the ground because it's on the collar, right? So if the dog yeah. is kind of dogging around the way doggy, doggy dogs do, then the sensor would be, the which I presume is this band on the collar, is going to be looking down. So maybe it's measuring how tall your dog is. Yeah, but do you really need a collar to do that? I mean... I mean, dog, a well-trained dog, at least, will stand still and let you measure him with a yardstick. Uh, this is CES, man. We don't ask the question, does anyone need this <laughs> before we make it? True enough. That's true what enough. CES is for. It also gives you the pet's uh, uh, medical data, like its activity levels and stuff. I don't know. And also, it must have a microphone because it tells you if they're barking. I guess you need an app to tell if my dog is barking. <laughs> My dogs are barking. My dogs are barking, man. Boop. That's what they sound like. <laughs> oh, man. And anyway, I hope you noticed in my notes, I put the picture of the dog and then I put the picture of this woman right next to her with the happy wearable. As we know, wearables are the future. You can just, it's a thing she wears around her neck. So, you know, you can put the collar on the dog. You put the collar on you. It's the same thing. You know, this is CES. You could be the dog. But yeah, this is I, I, when I put a collar when I put a collar around a woman, I mean, that's not what I'm thinking of. <laughs> so this is a device that lets you feel the effects of drinking caffeine and alcohol, smoking cigarettes or basking in the sun without the harmful side effects of actually doing any of these things. Oh, God. It's a it's like a thing you put around your neck and it sends what it I'm putting air quotes up with my fingers. Low frequency magnetic waves of our favorite Ooh. consumables are reproduced by this collar. And I don't know what are, are they trying what to is a low like, I remember when people were like freaked out about the idea of living next to power lines and of Wi-Fi in the house is going to give them cancer, and now people are buying these, or at least they're being sold these, pins that are essentially just that. So when I see low-frequency magnetic waves, I presume that they mean there's just an electromagnet that's modulating, amplitude modulating inside. That's the only thing I can come up with. ProHuman puts this well. Personal harp device. (laughs) The personal harp device. Oh, man. We'll do a show on Harp one day, and I'll give you the inside scoop. Hey, that'd be a good topic for Rare Encounter, huh? A review of Harp and what be. they do yeah. and what really... We'll, we'll have to pencil that in at some point. Exactly what do they have there, and what does it do, and what, do, what are my thoughts on it? Hmm. We'll leave that for later. Uh, so you can have your personal Harp device, and uh, somehow I guess you can set it to alcohol, and then you'll be drunk all day, I guess? I don't know. If she sits down next to you, uh, is it like, instead of, I could just flip the, I'll, I'll connect with Bluetooth and turn it on Roofy. Is that going to work? Like, what is this? Is it going to make you sick? Man, that like, would, that's an interesting idea. Hack, hacking people's personal devices to, like, cipher, cyber roofie them. Well, what I'm trying to get at is, if this works the way they're describing it, it's a huge risk. Right? Because you're wearing it, yeah. and you think you're getting the small caffeine buzz, and then uh, some, uh, some actor gets on, and they turn it on to, uh, well, we're going to make it seem like she drank a bottle of a fifth of vodka. 
Well, wait a minute. You don't want someone doing that remotely. So if it worked, like in the, if we're naive enough to believe what no, they're telling honest, us, right? Honestly, honestly, if I want to feel like I've like I've done a fifth of vodka, I'll just fucking do a fifth of vodka. I don't need some electronic toy for that. Here we go. I got my cup of apple brandy. Brandy made with all Ohio apples. Ooh. Age two years. Oh Jesus, eighty proof. I'm not gonna get a glass, so I'm drinking out of the bottle like a real slob. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to go up and get one. That's the way you do it. Or I'd put it. I guess I could put it in my uh, my hot cocoa, but I'm not gonna do that. No, it, in a hot cocoa, I would think that a creme liqueur would be better. So these unique frequency blends are silently played back to the wearer's body, helping them wake up, stay focused, relax, or go to sleep. It claims to help users feel their best without any unpleasant side effects of real life. Oh okay, now God. I could use something to help me wake up in the mornings because I have low blood pressure and it makes it it makes it difficult. Oh, you should but eat I, natto. Eat natto toast. Yeah, I should. <laughs> maybe maybe I should, but I like the I, I'd rather have like instead of some device that I wear around my neck, I'd rather just have like a one of those like motorized mattresses and just have it set up so it like at 6:30 in the morning it just like springs up so powerful that I'm thrown out of bed. <laughs> oh, you know, like, like in a cartoon. You, you need a version of Don't Wake Daddy. That's Don't Wake Cold Acid. Yeah. It just and you just <laughs> pop up in the middle of <laughs> the middle of the day. Sir Sir Bemrose says he's going to introduce me to coffee. I know coffee very well, but unless coffee is being poured in my mouth while I'm in bed, it doesn't do very much. There's an old uh, America's Funniest Home Videos bit where they someone sent in. Uh, it was a guy who had the, um, you know, the coffee. They what they did is they said, "Oh yeah, you don't have time for coffee in the morning. What you can do is you put it in the bag, and then we'll <laughs> it do a uh, what do they call it the uh, the injection where they put a tube in your arm and they drip it into you. They had that with coffee." And then it's, oh, you can get your donuts too. They put the donuts in the blender and he gets the, uh, the donut drip. He's driving to work with the, uh, with the bag rack. I don't know what that thing is called. I'm not in medicine. The, the rack that holds the bag, uh, outside so of his car. Apparently, apparently, uh, Dame Bemrose's coffee will wake people up from across the house. Sir Bemrose also says he's going to introduce me to cocaine and maybe that's what's in Dame Bemrose's coffee, if it's that powerful. <laughs> oh, jeez. I drank a cup of coffee and, her, and my neighbors woke up. <laughs> if this is, if this, if this study is to be believed, the low frequency, the low energy frequencies that cr are the signature of common feel better molecules are, uh, are such a thing, I guess. So I don't know. Uh, if that was true, a lot of coffee would be able to uh, affect you just by being near it. Hmm. Interesting. Why not just inject yourself with serotonin? <laughs> Now, of all the shitty things at CES, I did see something I liked. It was the Y-shaped... Is it this toothbrush? It was the toothbrush. So, I could use one of these. So, you know, serial teeth brushing, where you brush one tooth at a time, that is so last century. You don't want that. That's like... And, and for those in uh, Great Britain, teeth brushing is when you uh, clean your teeth once in a while. Uh, yeah, it, you you take you take this you take this thing. It has a bunch of little bristles at the end, and you use some paste and you rub rub it up and down on your teeth and your gums, and it helps keep them from going rotten and falling out. Good job. Just so you know, Brits. Yeah. 
So anyway, this replaces the idea of brushing one. Why would you brush one tooth at a time when you could brush all your teeth at the same time? This is genius. I, I really now, like I this. Do see, I do see one possible thing with this idea, and that is you're supposed to brush all the surfaces of your teeth. Does this have like have like a whole bunch of bristles on in like a u-shaped formation so it can get into everything just looking at the picture it looks like a mouth guard it, it looks does. like a mouth guard it does, that you which bite is on. why which is why i'm asking like is it actually like bristling the crap off your teeth or is it just like a vibrating mouth guard mm. because the bristles the bristles are a big part of what makes the toothbrush actually work I mean, if you could just rub crap against your teeth, right, then we wouldn't have bristled toothbrushes to begin with. I'd like, uh, I'm sure nine out of ten dentists will be right on that and they'll tell us if it works or not. We'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned. Uh, maybe by CES 2023, we'll get some answers. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I would totally go for a teeth brush over my toothbrush. Teeth brush over your toothbrush. Oh, man. Um, and as promised, I did go into, uh, based on popular demand, uh, the Rare Encounter favorite topic. Uh, also, I think we're filling in for Grumpy Old Ben's used to talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, the teledildonics uh, segment Woo! of the show. Uh, because CES, as of late, um, now uh, let me go into the history real fast. What I understand is that CES used to be either at the same time or adjacent to the Adult Entertainment Expo, which, as we all know, also happens in Las Vegas at one of those convention centers. And so there was always crossover between the two when they were close to each other. Now, they're not together anymore. One of the reasons I know that for sure is because the Adult Entertainment Expo moved right next to the Anime Expo in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, not Los Angeles, in uh, Las Vegas. Because uh, I remember we go to Anime Expo, and as they're breaking down everything at the end of the convention, all of the porn guys are coming in. The porn uh, booths are getting set up at the, or, you know, dropping their their uh, their stuff off at the dock, you know. Yeah, some some of the booths at those anime conventions, I'm sure, could stay up, and they would fit right in with the adult entertainment yeah. uh, convention. Some of them, for sure. Uh, like J-List. But for a long time, yeah, well, I mean, J-List is not that bad. There's, like, weird, okay, that, weirder companies true, out but there. The, but their Jast division would definitely fit in. Yeah. Well, I guess J-List, J-List could do it. What's the, so they have J-Box is the PG version, and then J-List yep. is the everything version yeah. of the website. And then, and then Jast is their, a visual is novel, their hentai yeah, publishing arm. Well, it's their hentai publishing. They're, they do visual novels. And... I talked to the pub. I talked to the marketing guy from Jast uh, some time ago. I must have told this story before. Uh, they publish stuff like Steins Gate, which is an. I think it was rated M. You know, uh, they actually got an ESRB rating, which was weird. I actually asked the guys, "Why'd you like spend the money to get an ESRB rating? No one cares." And uh, he said that they wanted to get on Steam, and they thought this was the way to do it. And you have to remember, there was a time when. You know, if you go on Steam now, there's a bunch of weird uh, 18 plus games all over the place. But, but yeah, at the once time, upon a time, they didn't want they didn't want anything like that at all. It on was Steam completely forbidden to have sexual content in a video game, and you couldn't be published. Toys R Us would block you from being sold. Steam wouldn't publish you. There was all kinds of stuff against that a long time ago, but now it's complete to to the point where when we started seeing visual novels show up on Steam, it was weird. Like it was. 
wait a minute. They, so they just, they're on there. They just haven't gotten taken down yet, right? That's what's going on. It turns out they actually got approved. Uh, Valve started approving that kind of stuff. So, hmm. And then they stopped approving that sort of stuff for a while because a bunch of angry Karens, let's just say Cats. that, because I could use much worse terms. And then they were like, okay, well, the people who are actually buying the products are pissed off about this, so let's go back to just letting letting the floodgates open. Well, they saw the money. Uh, they saw the dollar signs cha-ching well, uh, like, pop up. Like I said, like I said, these these people who were complaining that Steam was now starting to allow adult content aren't the people who actually buy and play games. And those who were who those who were complaining that the games were being taken down are the ones who buy and play them. Yeah. So like you said, yeah, they followed the money instead of woke and on the other hand, it also means that there's a whole bunch of crappy shovelware on Steam oh, nowadays yeah. as well. well. If you can get that tag on your game, because everything's tagged now, you got to search by tags if you want to find what you want. And one of the tags you can get is nudity and sexual content. And if you search that tag, it's, yeah, it's shovelware. It's stuff that exists basically to uh, try and entice you to pay $5.99 for it. Uh, and it's not... Yeah, five five ninety nine for for shitty 3D models and asset flips. Yeah. Well, uh, getting back to CES, um, there's not anything... Let me let me take a step back. There's uh, most of the stuff I saw was just kind of boring. With this, oh yeah, it's it's CES, but oh, oh we're really cool. We're like, um, uh, what's the guy? <laughs> I can think of the guy from Coldplay's wife. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, she has I the vagina know. candles, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. And uh, it, it's, oh, we're, we're sophisticated now. Uh, dildos are sophisticated. And so now they're at CES, and so they have the Satisfier, which is a dildo with an app on your phone, I guess, that makes it CES-enabled. And it has a built-in heater, apparently. Yeah, for I guess if you're cold. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a cold per day. Perfect vibrator for frigid women. Oh, uh, boy. Hold on. Perfect vibrator for frigid women. Oh, boy. Um, and we also had some other, like, weird... Oh, it's a bio... All of the text on this is garbage. It's like, the bio-inspired micro-robot that simulates a human mouth. Like, what? So it, <laughs> Who's it's a, writing it's this a, copy? So it's a... Uh, God, what are they called oh. again? It's like a... It's activates your almonds just reading it. It's this stupid... Um, I don't know. It's like the milieu speak for the sophisticated. It's, it's bullshit, you know. It makes but, them. But, essen but essentially, it's a. It's to make it feel like you're getting a blowjob. It seems that way. And then the last thing on here. Oh, I, I had the. Hold on. Developed in partnership with researchers at Oregon State University's College of Engineering. Yeah, it seems that way. Oh, man. Imagine being in that test set. We're looking for volunteers. We're looking for volunteers for robot blowjobs. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, then, of course, you have to... Have... I did stop that, by the way. <laughs> the... Yeah, I knew you would. I stopped a couple things so far. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll take care of that later. We've also got this, this other stupid uh, CES thing, which is like a... I don't know how to describe it. It's called the virility patch, and it's like a... I don't even know what it does. It's like a fob, a key fob that you stick on your taint is the only way to say it. 
I'm just going to say it. And, and so you stick that on and it, it connects via Bluetooth to your app. And uh, let me just read the copy. The virility patch creates a paradigm shift in sexual well-being, prolonging time until ejaculation and fulfilling the desire to last longer during sexual intercourse. Wow, interesting. So what? It's like a radio controller for the prostate? I have no idea what it's supposed to do. I read the copy. I don't know what it's supposed to do. Well, just looking at the pictures and and just that description of the copy, it's like, it's like, yeah, it it clicks under there and it looks like it. This like, is is that the bladder that's highlighted in the third picture? I have no like the anatomy. I'm not sure they know anatomy. That's the other thing I'm no, getting I, out of No, I don't think they know anatomy. <laughs> Oh, boy. So that's what you can get from CES this year. There's your teledildonics review on Rare Encounter. Um, yeah, I can't believe there's an app. I gotta... I, I can't have sex. I'm sorry. I don't have my app with me. I left my phone. Some of these, some of these other quotes you got in here, too, or, or something. Uh, what were those? Oh, these were um, from Forbes and Engadget and all the other people. Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. They're talking about how great this is, uh, that we have kind of gross stuff at CES. And so Forbes says, oh, there's a wide range of consumers for, quote, different anatomies. I wonder what different anatomies means. <sighs> you know, it's the, that's the kind of thing I'm complaining about. It's just the copy on it. It just screams, uh, it, it just screams someone who's, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like someone who's completely disconnected from the reality of most Americans, let alone people in the world, you know. This isn't how people have sex. You know that, right? Yeah. Maybe and gadget has also outlined well, a new uh, maybe the pe- maybe the people who come up with these things don't actually have sex and this is what they think it this is what they think it's like it's like a it's like a cartoon it's like they're living in a weird uh a weird fake reality where this kind of stuff says oh yeah it makes sense to me no what what are you talking about oh well there's ces and meanwhile, and I then, like... And then Engadget's complaining about booth babes on TV since since you can't have booth oh, yeah. babes in person anymore. I just I just thought it was hilarious that they have all this stuff out there. And then they I, I brought up some old articles from Engadget um, uh, talking... Well, oh, you know, this it's, is an old article. It's from 2015. Yeah, and, and so they have all this stuff where they say, oh, this is great and it's empowering people. We should just have this, this kind of, uh, you know, just be... Uh, I've lost. I I can't speak the uh, the the words that they use. They have a bunch of weird, you know, pseudo scientific stuff. I can't talk woke. That's it. It's it's woke sex. Um, wh- where they're saying how look how great it is, and at the same time they're they're describing how terrible it is to have booth babes. I just thought it was funny. It's interesting. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, That's it, what it is. It's like the dog collar on one side, and then the woman with the collar on the other side. It, it, you know, I like the juxtaposition of them saying this on one hand, and then on the other side, it's like, oh yeah, booth babes are terrible. You should never have a an attractive woman at your booth. I mean, even if it worked for marketing, it's a no no. But this kind of stuff, that's great. Let's just do more. We love it. Anyway, that's all <laughs> I have. There's my CES wrap. I apologize uh, for going on that long. It wasn't worth the uh, it wasn't worth the duration, but that's it. But at least at least we got our teledildonics covered, and that's the important thing. We got our booster. We're good for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cold, you gotta save me. Hit me with something else. Oh God, I I'm I don't even know what else to hit you with. Well, we've got. Um, How about you talk about this other woke thing that you found? 
uh, this was a licensing thing. I was, well, we could talk about it. This was, I was going to make a prediction. Um, well, actually, I'm going to make a prediction about this, and I was hoping maybe you could make a prediction, too, for the next year. That might be a good time to do it. Since everyone's doing predictions, it's in vogue right now. Um, but this story was the black hair in video games story, and this came up on, I think it was covered in Dig, and it was covered in, uh, as everyone knows, I'm the only one who reads Dig anymore. <laughs> Um, uh, and a couple other places. No, I think you got carb lanes to start reading. Oh, yeah. Um, this was basically a group that was going to have a hair library and they're, uh, disturbed that the, that I'm trying to get the exact words here. It's a feminist anti-racist database for 3d models of black hair textures and styles. And they're mad that games like the elder scrolls have bad options and uh for for bl quote unquote black hairstyles and latinx hairstyles so basically what it comes down to when i'm looking at all these it just looks like the guy in elder scrolls you can't set him up with a with like a zoomer hairstyle based on what most of these look like uh looks like something you'd see at a at a high school like if you went you you saw kids walking home from a high school now not that they walk home from high school uh, since all the schools are closed but it's like the the super trendy modern haircuts is what it really that's what it looks like to me but i don't know i guess it's all black haircuts is what they say but just the way they present this thing it's like you can't be involved in the project unless uh, uh unless you subscribe to their particular ideology you can't you just need, you be need pronouns hair. is a is a required field yeah. on their on their form and they go through this whole stupid list where you um you know, you have to prove you're woke enough before you can contribute to their library of hairstyles, which they want to, they say is open source. And that's really what my prediction is about, because it says the open source Afro hair library. And just based on this and the news coverage and reading some of the, the artists, here's my prediction for it. I think they're going to release it under a, a license that's not a normal open, open source license. I think they're going to come up with some license that says you can't use this game unless you subscribe to a bunch of our, uh, I don't know what so it by is. Definition, our things, by definition, by right? definition, that would not be an open source license. I know. Because there are already woke software licenses out there and, and they do not, they do not fall under the FSF's definition of a free license or under the OSI's definition of a open source license because for both of those, you cannot you cannot like limit the users uh, the users' own views or anything like that, right? And w something that we've talked about on Rare Encounter a lot is like free game assets and game development, and that's something I I care about because um, I've used some of this stuff before, and I love the idea that there's that they they're promoting this open source hairstyle list and and they want to have video ready to import into games different hairstyles i don't know if they're going to be compatible with i presume if you were smart about it you'd say oh we're releasing it and here's all the hairstyles for the unreal engine uh you know hair subsystem and i think there's a couple different modules for that that you could use and so i like that but the whole background to this thing just reeks of like wokeness stuff. It's it doesn't seem like they care about well, having open does. sports. That's the whole point of it. It seems like it's a stunt. So I don't know. It's a stunt so that Wired and uh, Vice can jizz all over themselves. I don't. Uh, I don't think pat themselves it's a stunt. On the back. Honestly, these people probably probably are legit and think think that they're doing something good by doing this. 
And who knows? Maybe, maybe some way they are. But at the same time, like they are going to, they're going to limit the limit whatever actual good might come out of it by saying you must be at least this woke to use it, right? And then the idea that hey, this is something that this is something that you can put in your game so you can you can be you can have characters that are more representative of other people out there, right? Or, or well, just have a cool hairstyle. Use it because, yeah, because because they're going to say like, no, you can't use this. You're not woke enough. You don't have enough. Uh, you don't have enough POC on staff. You don't have. You're being you're being like published by by a company we don't like, etc. Right. And, Meanwhile, and then you know what? All the all the good that could go into it means absolutely nothing in that case because what gets it out there is what's important about these sort of things right meanwhile all i want is a haircut with a smaller hitbox that's what i'm into that's what drives me man honestly hair should not be part of the hitbox to begin with it was though remember uh was the game where the guy had if you picked an afro then you're gonna get headshot by shooting the afro what game was that oh man uh, that's probably most of them, but that's not how it should be. <laughs> no. The hair part of a model Ooh, should be treated as if it's not there for collision detection. Because, I mean, the hair is... Like, if if somebody shot, shot you in the afro, but missed your skull, you might get a little... You might get a little bit of a burn or a scrape, but it's not going to be anything that would, like, actually shed hit points on you. Hey. Like, if you were actually headshot. You hit my fro, your life is over. That's what he's going to say. Yeah. Yeah, you shoot somebody in the afro, and then it's going to be you who's dead, not them. It's, it's negative damage, man. All right, we got to close this one up. I hit the yeah. I hit the, the fader down there. Let's pop that back one up. Oh, man. Well, that was a lot of fun. It was our uh, first Sunday show ever. Yeah, hell of a time. Well, we'll be back on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., which is our normal recording time. Uh, until then, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Aston. Uh, stay free, boys. Adios. I had a good woman. But she laid down on the end. Oh, I had a good woman. But she lay down and died. Don't you know everybody tell me she wasn't satisfied?